This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 14, for the week of February 19th, 2006. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 14 of Daisenshu EX, the podcast. My name is Michael Labrie. You possibly know me as Vegito EX. With me this week is my faithful priestess, Julian. Wait, wait, priestess? Yeah. That's a new one on me. Uh, No, 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 no. Could I at least be a monk instead? No, priestess. Oh, but I'd like to shave my head and join a monastery if it means I don't have to be a priestess. No, you're a priestess. And then, also with us, we have Mary. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing, sir? Me, sir, or Julian, ma'am? Both of you, sirs. (laughs) And and (laughs) ma'am? He's a man, sir. Splendidly, madam. (laughs) And I am well as well. Glad to hear it. Yes. So we are on episode 14 of our podcast, and this marks the exact three month to the date anniversary of the show so far. Woohoo! Yay! Yay for us! Okay. That's really exciting. It is, if you like dates and such. Or Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah. And we all do. That's why we're here, I hope. I think. I think I like Dragon Ball. I think so. I don't know. I just showed up one day. (laughs) (laughs) On our outline, I have written stuff. I don't know what stuff there is. Do you guys have any stuff? I I did actually do something. Oh, yay. Today, even. Today, uh, as part of our religion class, we took a trip up to Mount Hie, which is the home base of the Tendai sect of Buddhism, which is an offshoot of a Chinese branch that was brought over during the Heian period and flourished as the capital came to Kyoto and the place was right up on the mountain next to it. I had an interesting time and got to see the places where all these monks have their interesting devotional practices related to their studies. Like one, um, we didn't actually get to see them, but there's one who just spends all of his time cleaning the inside of this one hall. And then there's another person who, I think in a different point in the year, just circles this image of a Buddha or a Bodhisattva chanting uh, various things, mantras. And it's also a famous location for the monks who do the Kaihogyo, or the circumambulating of the mountain and going down into the town of the Sakamoto and a little bit towards Kyoto and then heading back up into the mountain at least a hundred times every year. But they don't actively do that during this time of year. So we didn't actually get to see any of them, but there was quite a lot of hiking involved. And I also got to go on a lot of the railways that I haven't actually done yet around Kyoto, connecting to the Keihan main line, going up towards the mountain, and then back from Sakamoto, connecting with the subway, and then back here. So it was kind of an interesting day and very tiring, and on the way back I got a headache that turned into a migraine that wasn't pleasant. But I'm happy to report that neither the light nor the sounds of people's voices cause excruciating pain going (laughs) straight into my head like an ice pick. Perfect. better now. That's good. Did you collect all seven Dragon Balls on the way? Um, sadly, I did not see any of them. However, there was quite a lot of snow up that high in the mountain. How does snow relate to Dragon Balls? Well, because uh, there isn't any snow down here at all. I, oh. I, I've, I've heard there's quite a bit over there in New Jersey, but there here was. we haven't gotten much at all. We and got slammed and stayed on the ground. then it all melted, and now there's pretty much yeah. nothing. Yep. Yeah. In six days. Yeah. Pretty wacky weather. I have stuff. You have stuff. Yeah, I watched this really depressing program on 2020 last night that made me never, ever want to go to Japan, ever. Oh, God, yeah. That was scary. Oh, what, what aspect of the culture? Um, young, white, blonde females getting kidnapped. 
in Japan because foreigners really? are a commodity over there, I guess. And then she was found murdered. I'm like, crap. Oh, it was I pretty much that. like the modern day oh. geisha thing going on over there. Oh, dear. So I'm like, okay, scared now. Uh- well, I thought you were going to say they were forced to act in commercials as, as, as a <laughs> TV show. Well, Mary, you are neither blonde nor in Japan, so you don't have anything to no, worry no, about. No, no, no. It just set up this theme that Japan kind of has this false sense of security and safety going on yeah. and that, you know, as good and great and clean and safe as they make things out to be, there is this really seedy underbelly going on and it's just yeah. creeping me out. Anyway, you I don't want to bring this down. Yeah. <laughs> This is something Just I watched. be careful not to insult people who have conspicuous tattoos, because you may find yourself disappearing from the face of the earth. You know, this organized crime. And you know, uh, Dragon Ball was a product of organized crime. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I have absolutely no segue here, so that was my segue. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Toriyama okay. is a gangster, pimp. Yes. He's well, a gangster. Probably. He's gonna... <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't we check in with the news for the week? The news for the week is... There is no news. Wow. Okay. That's a first in I, a few that's weeks. That's quick. I know. It took three months, but we finally talked about all the news. The... I mean, I didn't even update with any news this week. The only thing I had was a cheap $10 DVD on Amazon, and that's about it. So in place of the news, what I want to do is plug a band, and that is what we just updated with on the homepage of the site, and it's the Red Ribbon Army. They're based out of California, and they're this uh, indie emo rock band, and they're pretty damn good. So check them out over on their site. Uh, I believe they have a MySpace page, and you can get to it over on the homepage of our website so check them out and get some songs and buy the cd over on smart punk that'd be cool they also have a pretty badass logo they do and the logo may be familiar to some of you dragon ball fans out there right it's it's made in such a way that um i think they're safe in terms of not getting sued (laughs) plus funimation doesn't care oh yeah (laughs) well now that you just said Uh, it damn it yeah now now they're gonna care sorry guys no i I don't think they'll really care we're listening we hope (laughs) All right, so that's the news for the week. Check out the Red Ribbon Army. They're not going to come kidnap you. They're just going to come play music at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had music played at me before. I can't yeah. wait. It's interesting. <laughs> All right, let us move on into a rather interesting topic we're going to talk about this week. This week, we'll be examining the speaking styles of various characters and seeing how this interplays with their interaction with other characters as well as their perception, or the fans' perception of them. <laughs> what I want to do is take a look at three specific characters, because they all kind of have their own little individual ways of speaking, and we're examining the Japanese version, of course, because they're the ones that actually talk differently. There are fine nuances in the Japanese language that kind of get completely bulldozed over by the <laughs> generally um, egalitarian-esque English language. So um, a lot of fine points get just completely lost in the translation. Some of that is due just because 
lot of it you just can't translate into English. It just doesn't work that way. And there are other things that they very well could have done, but chose to do differently. And we'll certainly hit up some of those. These characters are distinguished by their different speaking styles, which can sometimes be pretty tricky to explain, although it does definitely set them apart in a way that is not readily apparent if you read them only in translation. Now, we just said that it's tough to explain, so what we're going to do is try to explain it. Let's start with uh, the main character of the show, and that is Goku. Ah, yes, good old Son Goku, (laughs) who lived up on a mountain all by himself for most of his early life. So we get this little kid who lives by himself up in a mountain, up in the middle of nowhere, with a bunch of animals and a dead grandpa. You know, what did he do with his grandfather's body? You know, I'm not really sure, and I really don't want to think about it. I think right. he was, what, three or four at the time? What is he going to do with the dead body? I just thought uh, that was an interesting question. All right, let's get you know, back to his, his talking you know, style. With, with his appetite, you know. Uh, oh, way to ruin the show. I mean, I brought it up to that line, and you just crossed it, and you're like, here, let me, yeah, let's shit on that line. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll cut that part off. No, no, I'm keeping it in. <laughs> Show what kind of a sadistic monster you are. I mean, last episode, you're like, oh, hell, Satan. And now you're like, oh, let's eat grandpas. That's <laughs> not what I meant. Yes, it you is. It. Yes, it is. You don't get to hang out with me anymore. You stay in Japan. <laughs> you're going to kill me and oh. eat me. <laughs> That's an awfully long way to go from there. Buddy. So, Son Goku. Yes. Long story short, he's a country bumpkin. Yes. Yeah. He is an Inakamon in the purest sense of the word. And what does that mean? Which is a country bumpkin. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. We start with Goku as a kid, and, you know, he talks a little funny because he's up there. And Funimation, they started with Dragon Ball. They did those 13 episodes. But we're going to kind of ignore that because they didn't stick around with it long enough for it to make much of a difference. So we pretty much just have Goku and his adult. And we start off with Ian Corlett playing him, and he's just kind of a calm, nice, happy, but-can-get-angry guy. And there's not much in the way of you know, this country bumpkinness. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that, at least in English language productions, it tends to be a general trend that the hero is a very sort of nondescript, everyman way of speaking about him. So, I mean, even if you think about it, Superman, one of the iconic superheroes of comics and TV and movies in the past century, comes from the country himself, being raised as a farm boy. Yet, as Superman, he is the mighty person who speaks fine and doesn't have any evidence of coming from... (laughs) And you know, Goku's not that well educated either. No. So He's the boy who doesn't even know how old he is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, Superman, at least, is a reporter so he's very familiar with proper English, but still. All right, so we got this dumb kid out in the mountains. <laughs> I actually asked Steve Simmons, uh, who does the translations for Funimation's DVDs, a while back about Goku and his accent and his dialect. And here's what Steve had to say. It's a Tohoku, Northeast Japan, dialect variant, I believe, though different from the Tohoku dialect that Chi-Chi and Gyumao use. Theirs has some quirky grammar elements to it with proper pronunciation, whereas Goku's speech is just the opposite, fairly standard grammar with some non-standard pronunciation. It's somewhat like comparing a Texas drawl to a Georgia one. You'll probably hear y'all from both, but they're still different enough that you can distinguish the two in other areas. Uh, now, Goku's method of pronunciation is a little bit different from the norm. He refers to himself as Ora, yes. which 
doesn't exist in any dictionary, but it's essentially um, odd pronunciation of ore, which is right. a very informal way to say I. There's multiple ways to, say, to refer to yourself depending on the level of politeness. Um, now, for example, who would using. use boku? Boku is the typical method of referring to oneself if you're male and not in polite company, but also not among really close friends, so it's neutral. Gotcha. Uh, if you're male, women tend not to use it, although some women have taken it up as sort of a feminist thing. And then ore is something that, if you're male, you would only use if you're among close male friends, um, because it's not very polite. It has a, a boastful quality. Gotcha. In, in fact, if you're to use it in any other circumstances, it usually means you're either really pissed off or being a jackass. Um, <laughs> Alright, something else I want to mention with Goku is, like Steve mentioned, his pronunciations, and this is also something Steve wrote to us. That non-standard pronunciation is exaggerated by Masako Nozawa as well, probably to help right. distinguish Goku's character from his son's. Now that makes sense. She does a lot of ad-libbing of these pronunciation quirks, specifically I, I, and oi verb combinations often come out as a since yep. they aren't often scripted now i have one sound bit that i want to use here from movie eight which i think covers both things that we talked about which is the aura and the a kind of little quirky things that goku does so let's play that clip in the standard pronunciation based on the tokyo dialect it would be ore and janai right which become in Goku's dialect ora and jane. <laughs> jane. You know, also with that A thing, something that I really first noticed back when Final Bout came out was Goku's Jube Kamehameha. But that's not correct. It's actually the Jubai Kamehameha. That's his uh Ten times, ten right? times Kamehameha. And I see a lot of people uh, write it out as Jubei, such as J-U-B-E-I, when it's actually supposed to be J-U-U-B-A-I, correct? Right. Or right. J-U with a macron well, over yeah. it. Yeah, it's the extended U, right. Yeah. So he's a little quirky. Um, what I also want to play here, and then we'll talk about it, is a, another scene from Movie 8, and that's Goku and Chi-Chi talking together. So we have a little bit of the two hicks talking to each other, which is even more interesting considering that they're going to apply Gohan for cram school in some big city with a bunch of educated people. Yes. Let's, let's play a little bit of this clip, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Goku-san,俺たちの番は次の次の次の次だぞ! ちぃ、ほら、払いちまった。もう少しの辛抱だ。悟空さん、趣味は何だ?ん読書とスポーツって答えればいいんだな。その調子だ。では好きな言葉は何ですか言葉俺は別に好きな言葉なんかねえぞ
hobbies. <laughs> my hobbies that, are reading and sports. Can he read? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Can Goku read? Well, I guess he can read a little bit, but it, 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 I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something he'd do for fun. No. Well, I think that's the whole joke there. What I think is interesting uh, about just listening to these two is that even if you don't understand what they're saying in Japanese, you can tell there's something kind of up with the way yeah. they're talking. Like, if you watch other anime in Japanese, you probably have an understanding of what it should sound like. And even if you don't really know what it is they're saying, the way they say it sounds Absolutely. definitely kind of not quite right, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Like the elongated A sounds that come out of both of them. Yeah. And you know, dialects are great, especially in manga, because manga is basically, like I said last week, it's spoken Japanese written down. So right. you get all these little quirks that wouldn't appear if you're just writing in standard, you know, orthographically correct, grammatically correct Kyojugo from Tokyo. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I find here, too, that it's, I'm venturing a little off topic, that uh, studying in, in the Kansai region of Japan, the, the dialect can vary quite a bit from standard Japanese. And it takes a little bit of getting used to before you start listening to the meaning and not like, hey, they talk funny. But, uh. <laughs> well, we were talking about translating a little bit. Let's mention how Steve translates these characters on the subtitle track for the Japanese audio track. He does a lot of contractions and cutting things off with an apostrophe, like talking and ain't and that kind of stuff. Yep. And I mean, it's really, a, I mean, it's a little bit subjective. Uh, it's hard to equate Japanese dialects to English. Right either British or American counterparts simply because they're different in both their historical and societal connotations as well as the actual characteristics of the dialect themselves. But I think he does makes a good judgment in making them sound like they're kind of from the backwoods and yeah. not all that well educated. I mean, we're incredibly biased because we love his work, but I think he genuinely does a great job of bringing out this aspect of the characters that would be really tough to translate, never mind include in a subtitle track. Yet, yeah. as you're listening and looking at the sub, you can really get an idea of something's wrong with these two people. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't... I mean, you know, coming from a list linguistic perspective, there's nothing wrong. Yes, there is. But... <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's not standard. Oh, come on. You've seen the series. You cannot honestly tell me that there is nothing wrong with Goku. Well, that's a prescriptivist comment. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go with the descriptive method, then it... <laughs> anyway. All right. Never mind. Well, real quickly, let's talk about Chi-Chi a little bit. Uh, what right. makes her dialect or accent a little bit different than Goku's? I mean, Steve mentioned that um, th they're slightly different, but what exactly yeah. does she say that's different than Goku? Well, for one thing, she uses... Goku sa like yes sa and that's it, it seems to be like a clip version of san right but i know a lot of people question that when they first saw it and they were like is that a typo it's supposed to be goku san but no she says goku sa another thing she does is that she uses da all over the place in ways that you can't use it in standard <laughs> japanese like after adjectives and after like past tense of verbs and all crazy things now what does da uh infer um, or it's, it's a it's a copula, which I guess the best way of, of explaining it in English is is or was. Or bolda would be is, is or are. You know but, what? Um, I'm, I'm going to bring up Fushiki Yugi for a second. Okay. <laughs> At the end of pretty much every sentence, Chichiri says no da, correct? Correct. I mean, you're the Fushiki fan. Yes. Too, so <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. but That's more of a speech quirk, I'd right. say, than an actual dialectal thing. Okay. I mean, that, that's like Naruto saying after everything, which is just an, an attention-getting device. Right. Um, but... 
Uh, in Chi-Chi's case, it seems to be more of a dialect issue where she... Okay. I don't know. It, it even she sort of inserts it between, like, the end of a verb and the, like, the sentence final particle. Like, uh, what's it? The example in the clip you just played, she says something like, kata, daka. Like, so it's like she's inserting it into a question even, which is really, really <laughs> strange. <laughs> but... <laughs> So th- these two retarded country bumpkins get along quite well. This is how they get together, because they're the only ones who can understand each other. Everyone else well, seems to do pretty fine understanding them. I guess. Yes. Well, you know, you, even if you come from a certain linguistic background, you can understand other people that speak the same language, even if the dialect is pretty different. No, I like my explanation the best. You don't get to prove me wrong on this one. I think because I they're think still love each other. No! All right. Okay. We've been talking about <laughs> stupid bumpkins. Let's completely switch this around and talk about a very, very polite and proper-speaking young lad. And this would be... That would be my boy Trunks. Hey, Trunks. And it's interesting because when I first started taking Japanese in college, and I think at that time I still was watching Dragon Ball Z subtitled to a certain extent, and I went back and watched the Trunks episode, I realized, oh my god, I can somewhat understand him based on like the one year I've taken of Japanese. Yeah. And there's a reason yes. for that. Yes. That he sounds that teach, way. Yeah, they don't teach you informal Japanese speech until <laughs> right. later on because they don't want to make you have you make an ass of yourself. They don't want you talking you, that way to people. Yeah, and that's the thing we should have mentioned with Goku and Chichi is that they use very informal speech with everyone, regardless of whether they should, you know, really be more polite or not. Well, I guess we it's need like, to explain that really quick because in English you can talk nicely. But I think there's a whole different level to that in Japanese, where there's actually casual speak and polite speak. Yes, and there's also humble and honorific, which we'll get a little more into when we get to Frieza. Uh, So give us a little background here on these. Okay, to speak politely, you basically have to change the endings of the verbs. You have to add certain words into your sentences to make them more polite, and that involves usually uh, changing verbs to the mas form, which is a different verbal ending that makes it more polite. It doesn't change the person or the tense. It just changes how nice you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess Uh, that might be a little hard to understand if you come from a non-Japanese background, but... Yeah, and the same thing goes with the copula, which changes from da to des, which is itself a contraction, so it would be from de aru to de arimasu. So you see the mas form going on there. Well, this is perfect uh, because Trunks speaks exactly like this with these exact words that you've just mentioned. So I'm going to yes. play a sound clip here. This is right after he's killed King Cold. He goes from badass Trunks to, hi, I'm happy Trunks. And he invites everyone to you know come have a drink with him and hang out. And they're going to meet Son Goku, except he doesn't talk so casually like I do. So let's play this clip of Trunks. You would notice about Trunks here, he uses the Moss form as, as well as this. And that's very interesting because a lot of the other characters don't care. And they'll <laughs> just speak informally to each other. And the other thing that you might notice is that he uses San when referring to Son Goku. Yes. Which is generally something you don't find except for Gohan, which is because he's a kid speaking to adults. Right. So he Kuririn san, Pikuro san, etc. I, I always like um, that about him saying Kuririn san because they're the same size. And it's kind of strange when he's yeah, but talking when he, especially when he's adult, he's talking down to this guy, and he's still calling him son. I just find that yeah, amusing. Kudin is like twenty years older. Than I know, but he's so tiny. It's cute. All right, go ahead. Okay, but I mean, I mean, Trunks is also younger than all of them, including Gohan. But I don't know. It seems to be more 
working at that than that. I mean, he obviously has a great deal of respect for these people, and the fact that he's trying to make a good impression probably also weighs into it, but even in his normal speech, he tends to be quite um, civil, I guess is the best word to describe it, un unless he's really, really angry. I think that's kind of fascinating. I mean, for one thing, I guess he's intent on being nice to them, but, I mean, I think... Perhaps more to the point, you have to keep in mind that the fact that everybody out of all these people, except for his mother, is dead where he comes from. There may actually be part something about, you know, not defaming people who are the dear departed where he comes from. Although I don't really know that that's the case. But he definitely has gotten a very favorable idea of these people from his mother. And he's intent on showing that he has a great deal of respect for them. What's kind of odd is that even when he talks to villains and he's angry, he's still somewhat polite. He doesn't break out into, like, uh, a gangster accent. Well, I don't even know if they have such a thing. Okay. but <laughs> no, um, he, speaks, he speaks very properly, but he, he goes into a much more, not casual, but informal, very blunt form of speech. Hmm. And I, I guess I contract contrast this that even though Goku and Trunks when you know they're talking to their enemies will speak very bluntly Goku is informal because he uses all these contractions all over the place and, well not really contractions but you know non-standard pronunciations and these things whereas Trunks uses very formal like standard formal pronunciation it's basically textbook Japanese um, and that's why we were able to understand him a little bit after a single semester even of Japanese because we learned yeah. all these base verb forms. Yeah, so he's pretty good about speaking very properly. And I mean, even Gohan speaks generally properly, although he does have more of a little kid quality when he's a child. Yeah. But in, in general, he has a much more standard accent than his father. And even his little brother, who is mostly educated by his mother. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of the chi-chi going on there. Yeah. I think what is also interesting is that this polite way that Trunks speaks is definitely lost in the English version. Rather than making him sound polite and good, they make him kind of scruffy, I guess? Like, he's still speaking decently, I suppose, but he definitely has a different tone to his voice, and I think in terms of the English version, that kind of makes sense. I mean, here you got this purple hair pretty boy showing up on the scene, and you know, when you're a show in America trying to target, you don't you know, want him to talk like this and think, hello, everybody! I'm the nice kid in town! But yeah, I can understand I mean, why they're making him sound a little deeper and yeah. scruffier. And you get into a whole mess of trouble, because unlike other forms where you could maybe, I don't know, kick up the diction level and use like more academic vocabulary and refine speech, for Trunks, it's just a matter of politeness. So how do you do that? Do you right. maybe un uncontract a few things? Maybe That's what they did in um, Naruto uh, with uh, Rock Lee, I just noticed that. His yeah. dub voice, uh, he also speaks the same way as Trunks, I noticed. He has a very polite formal speech and in the dub to kind of get that idea across i love this they make rock lee speak without contractions and to me that was perfect i thought they nailed that idea across and if they did that with trunks i think that would have helped too but then you know he wouldn't have been a popular character here in america so <laughs> yes that's just my take on it yeah i, I think that's a great analogy the last character we're going to talk about today is my favorite character. Uh, maybe he's my favorite character in the show. He's definitely my favorite villain. And this is a guy you might have heard of a little. No, he's not too evil. He's just kind of... Uh, Frieza. <laughs> um, yeah. We're going to use a word. And this word is not meant to be derogatory in any way. But I think it's the most convenient way we can just 
talk about this, so let's just get this out there. We're going to use the word gay. It is not meant to be mean, but rather just a really convenient description for the stereotypical flaming homosexual male. So don't hold this against us. Yeah, and I, I, I think i got to interject here and to say that um, it's not quite so much the, perhaps quite the stereotype, but more of the sort of refined gentleman, um, yeah. like, to the point of being a fet, like, completely not masculine-ish. Right. But it, it's, it's really hard to define in a way without offending someone. So you know. if, if, if we offend you, we're sorry. You can write us nasty letters. I kind of like those, too. So <laughs> let's talk about Frieza in Ryusei Nakao's um, depiction of Frieza in the Japanese version. I like to think that there is a little bit of gayness to Frieza, probably less than other people think there is. And I think a lot of that comes from three things. The delivery in general, the ho-ho-ho gets its own... Its own category, because oh, 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 oh. Uh, I love it. And then number three is the lipstick. Um, <laughs> you know, that certainly doesn't help our case any. <laughs> so let's talk about the delivery a little bit. Well, don't forget also there's the very ambiguous lines in the English dub. Yeah, we'll get to those. <laughs> so let's talk about his delivery for a second, because Frieza also speaks politely, but I want to contrast his polite speech with Trunks's polite speech. Now, Frieza's polite speech is, well, I guess you'd call it Kego. Kego is a general term that means polite speech, and it can also cover just using the Moss form. But even more so than that, Frieza uses a combination of very honorific and humble speech, in addition to just the politeness level. And so that kicks up the politeness itself up several more notches. Now, is this meant to be used in a derogatory fashion? I believe it is. Okay. Um, now, the interesting thing about Frieza's politeness is that it's obviously intended as a way of getting under his enemy's skin. His his level of politeness is undercut by the absolutely horrible things he tells his enemies <laughs> that he's going to do to them, all within a very calm, measured, even, you know, very conversational tone. Mary calls this a little bit sarcastic. I like to think of it as almost a passive-aggressive speech pattern where <laughs> he he's he's talking nicely to you, but he's got those backhanded comments in there like, I could totally kick your ass, but I am so much more powerful than you, I'm just going to beat you down with words. I think that's a very good description. All right. It's polite arrogance, perhaps. It's maybe not coming across as arrogance to him, and certainly it seems justified at first. But uh, it's definitely a sense that he knows he's better than the people he's talking to, <laughs> and he's not even going to deign to get angry <laughs> or bother to yell. Let's talk about this nice Frieza. There's a clip I want to play, and this is of him talking with Nail on Planet Namek, and Nail's uh, not in the best of shape right now, and uh, Frieza's just, you know, talking and talking, he's got that smile on his face. So let's listen to Frieza talk for a second. Well, that's standard polite speech. But also, the way that he's speaking to Nail, and uh, for example, making his request of him, that is a little bit passive aggressive because 
is sort of like, I don't know, like, it's really hard to explain. <laughs> but we're going to anyways. Like, Ikagen is like, properly, and shabetara, uh, shaberu is a, a little less formal than you to speak, or to say. Uh, well, hanasu, I guess, is the, the direct equivalent in more standard speech. So he's, uh, but he says, shabetara do desu ka? So, how about if you <laughs> tell me properly the method of granting wishes? I love him. So, he's so great. Um, yes. So he's, he's being very polite, but at the same time, he's being subtly aggressive and threatening. He's being a dick about um, it, and I love it. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's not quite honorific speech, but he's moving around making a direct request. Right. Basically, in the other clip that you also had for me, for, for example, he says, Mite guran kudasai. And goran is a, is a polite way of saying mite. So it's like, come and see, and goran kudasai is a very polite way of saying see. Other times he uses nasai, the nasai form mm-hmm. is also honorific speech. It's generally used mostly by women except for uh, certain ritual expressions and in very polite speech, which Frieza seems to like using. And so that's another example of his using very polite speech in a very passive aggressive Yeah, so immediately when he finds out from Nail that he's been had, he reverts back to a very informal style of speaking, and he's Pissed. <laughs> <laughs> And and from that point on, you can tell that he's really angry. And even like when he arrives at the others, when he's about to do his first transformation, you can tell he's he's done playing games. <laughs> he's serious. And so it's a very interesting duality with this character because the more he gets shown up and proven wrong, the angrier he gets <laughs> and the less formal and the more... It, it gets to really, really abusive and just like... I hesitate to say swearing left and right only because we'd get something like anime labs, but he just gets <laughs> really foul. <laughs> It's it's pretty fun to watch him go from polite, very passive-aggressive arrogance to absolutely, utterly humiliated. Why, you bastard, I ought to wring your <laughs> neck. All right, so let's talk about his dub transformation a little bit. I always yeah. found a little bit of a lizard-like quality to his voice in Japanese. And I think most of that came out when he was kind of like doing punches and yelps and like... Rah! kind of things you hear a little bit there and then you got those not gay undertones but the polite which comes across in american culture i guess kind of as gay coming from this kind of character so what happened <laughs> how did he get turned into this dare i say transsexual grandma grandma <laughs> um i think a lot of it has to do with the casting choices but also the writing yeah I mean, on the one hand, you have, you know, not to embarrass any voice actors or anything, Frieza voiced by, oh, what's her name, Linda Young. Yeah. I mean, she also does Genkai in the dub 
of Yu Yu Hakusho, but they're... And this has nothing to do with the voice actors and actresses themselves, but rather how they're told to play the character. Yeah, and I mean, mean, so you basically have this older lady doing the voice of a a male who doesn't really, I don't know, it it just doesn't really fit. I think the whole politeness of Frieza was just entirely lost, and that's like half the character to me, is just the way he talks and how much of a dick he is to everyone. I think they cast him based on his appearance, not so much by what he says in the original. Definitely. They can care less how he is in the original. They see this crazy lizard, yep. a feminine-looking guy, and like, well, let's make him really shrill and, you know, just evil-sounding. Well, yeah, because the first thing Rapidly. they had was Frieza first form, and for all they knew, they weren't going to get past that at all anyways. So he got Frieza in his hover chair, and his, the lipstick is in full force on that one. And he oh, yes. looks he looks like a lizard in that <laughs> form, more than some of the others, I think. And actually, in that form, more than any others, he sounds like a woman. Yeah. A very, very old but No, we, we can't talk complete trash about the dub, because I got this one clip that I love so much, which <laughs> I know Castor and I kind of did a little bit a couple episodes ago. And this is Frieza after he blows up Planet Vegeta. I love the delivery on this line. This is Frieza at his absolute polite, badass, gay self best. So let me play this clip. <laughs> So in this clip, we have the, not a lisp, I don't know how to describe it, but just that... It's... Uh-huh. kind of fake laugh to him? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's reserved fake laughter, like, I am enjoying this, but I am not even going to let you know how much I am enjoying this <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> and, and he's using those very, very polite, formal words. And Yes. Uh, That's another thing, is he sen- sort of tends to use maybe not quite academic vocabulary, but certainly not everyday words. Right. Sabarashi is something you don't really hear that often outside of, like, superhero right. shows. The delivery here is probably the closest to what the English version tries to match, I think. But just between the actual voice choice and the horrendous lines that Frieza was given in the dub, the characters just don't match up, even though I can kind of see what they were going for. Yeah, I mean, there's there's also points. I think the best example of Frieza's Japanese character is when he's just on the verge of cracking, and you can hear his voice yes. really, like, he's about to He's about to, to do it, but then he, he takes a deep breath, and he pulls himself back, and he says some funny comment about them being monkeys as if that is going to yes. make it all better <laughs> and, and he, he he makes his style more reserved and but no we we've seen the true character underneath <laughs> all right mary favorite dub frieza line these balls make me feel something resembling joy i think <laughs> i want to caress them <laughs> without a doubt that is my favorite uh, julian do you have a different one because <laughs> that's mine <laughs> oops sorry <laughs> dub frieza um no. All right. I Pop think goes the weasel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think caressing balls is uh, a great way to sum up the character. <laughs> Okay, wait, before we go any further, I have another one. Okay. Um, which is equally as bad, I guess. He's talking to Ginyu, and uh, I think Ginyu says, Would you like me to perform the Dance of Joy? And uh, Frieza goes, Save it for another day. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <sighs> 
All right, I love Frieza. Oh, dear. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly dislike dub Frieza to the point where I can't play the English video games because I don't want to hear that. But, oh my god, for you saying that, Kyle, it's just like, you're my god, man. I would totally hug you and take you out on a date. <laughs> that came from nowhere. No, I'm, I'll tell you where it came from. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. No. So, do any of us have anything else to say about Frieza? I think I uh, understand him and respect him a little bit more after this conversation. I really don't care for Frieza as much as I care for the other villains, but now that you're talking about how his arrogance is, you know, part of his speech, and I think there's a little more to him than maybe I thought there was initially, so I think I'll give Frieza a chance. Okay. I know you hate the Frieza saga, but I do. the fact that you can say that after uh, talking a little bit about him, I think that speaks a lot for his character. Yeah. Oh, I, I just think it's great the way that his speech changes. I mean, coming <laughs> from a linguistic standpoint, it's like the perfect example of how the mighty have fallen, how all of that politeness, despite being so convincing at first, is all just a facade for I want to kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> so there are three what we think are really great examples of some nuances, not only of the Japanese language itself, but the way these characters are portrayed and some stuff that might have been lost in the English adaptation. And I think this really shows a lot of why we love the show in its original Japanese form and why we just get attached to these characters so much. Because there there is more depth to them than might otherwise appear on the surface. Agreed. And I just love my Frieza. I want to hug him. Frieza needs a hug. I'll get you a Frieza plushie. Yay! If I can't find one, I'll make one. I sleep with my Frieza and I'll, I'll crush his uh, Um. Uh, <coughs> okay, I'm not getting you anything after all. Damn it. So what do you guys think about these characters and their dialects and stuff? If you guys have any comments on these, we want to hear what you have to say. And if you think there's any other characters that could have equally been talked about with this kind of stuff, let us know. Send us an email or preferably hop over to the forum and let us know in the specific reply thread for this episode. Because whenever we post an episode, we always have a reply thread. We always see what people think and what their responses are. So come join us and let us know what you think about Goku and Chi-Chi and Trunks and Frieza. So come join us on the forum for our continued discussion on how much I am in love with Frieza. I mean, how these characters talk in the Japanese version and how their English counterparts are not quite the same. All right, that wraps up our topic for this week. Uh, We didn't have a lot of news and we don't have a lot of releases, but we actually have something to talk about. So let's hit up the releases. The releases for the rest of February are the new CD sets in Japan, and that's on the 22nd. We've mentioned this a lot in the last month because we were so looking forward to it. The Dragon Ball Z Best Song Collection retails for 3,000 yen. It is a two-disc set. We have a track listing. This is pretty much all the vocal songs. Then we have the background music collection. It's a 3CE set retailing for 4,500 yen. And in addition to what, in a weird choice, is what essentially amounts to the TV and movie-sized versions of all the themes, which we're getting the full-length versions of on the complete or the best song collection, we do have background music for the TV show. Yay! And the movies. Yay! We don't know how exactly if it's going to be all of them, but we will see. Yay! Comes out next week. I'm waiting on my order to come in. Probably take a week. And I can't wait. Yay! That is it for the rest of February. But there are some things coming out the first week in March. So we'll probably hit those up next week. So we don't miss anything again this month. All right. All right. And with that, we are going to check out some emails this week. We have audio emails. We have text emails. So... 
All right, emails. We're going to get back to some audio emails this week. I'm catching up on a couple that we've been stockpiling for a little bit. We have some really great questions. So let's just get right into these audio emails. First up. Hi, this is Chiquita from New Jersey. How do you feel about Movie 12 being in theaters? And are any of you going to go see it there? Movie 12 in theaters. Who's going? If it's nearby, I'd like to go. You will be going by yourself. I know I will. Because I (laughs) I, want to see big, giant Gogeta. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. I do not want to see this movie dubbed. It's going to ruin my perfect vision of the movie. Oh, please. Because I love my movie 12. If it ruins your perception of how you enjoy the show, you got to I don't like the English dub version, and I'm not going to go see it. And I'm... And I'm going to write an online petition, and I'm going to get all sorts of things. It's like the same rant as last week, but <laughs> yeah, I don't like the dub, and I don't want to go see it in theaters. Yeah, but I love the show, and I would not pass up oh, the ooh, chance ooh. to see it. I have a great idea. We'll go, and I will throw the the uh, the audio file from the Japanese version on the iPod, and I will put on my headphones, and I will watch the movie on the screen, and I will sync it up while I'm listening to it. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of cool. That's, I'll buy that. That's awesome. <laughs> Only that, if you let me uh, share your headset. Okay, then. I'll, I'll bring the splitter. I'll bring the watch splitter so we can do that. Okay. Awesome. All right. We're going to go see Movie 12 in theaters with our own Japanese audio track. Next question! <laughs> hey, Vegito EX. My name is Steven Silva. I'm from Barrie, Ontario, Canada. Have you played the uh, Quake 3 mod called uh, Bid for Power? If you have, I'd like to know what you guys think of it. Uh, whether you thought it was pretty cool. Because I love it. My friends love it. We play it all the time. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing great. I love your podcast. Uh, see you later. I have not played Bid for Power. I do not play computer games. I do not like computer games. I don't know. I don't play first-person shooters other than Goldeneye back on N64. And uh, that's my answer to this question. Don't play computer games. Mary! Yo! I have not played it either because I do not know Quake, and my computer's too slow to run computer games, or at least good ones. Julian! I've never done Quake, so yeah. There's our answer. We haven't played computer games. (laughs) Next question! Yo! I'm the Majin Red Comet from the forums, and I was just curious, why did they stop making DBZ movies? Was it because of high budgets or low profits or decrease in popularity? Because many shows in Japan, like Gundam or Lupin, that are really, really popular, continue making movies after the show has ended. Especially Lupin, they're still making movies for that thing. But DBZ ended their movies along with the series in 95. I was wondering if there was any apparent reason for this, because the movies were awesome. I liked them. Great job on the podcast. I wish you good luck on it. Um, well, I mean, it's easiest to make the movies while the TV series is still running. Number one, you have the cast that's already together and doing work together on the TV series. So you have them all right there. Plus, you have the captive audience who is watching the TV show every week, and so you can advertise it mercilessly on TV, and they're basically guaranteed to come watch. And I mean, once the series is over, also interest wanes a little bit, and it's not as far to the fore of the public consciousness, so it's harder to get that kind of audience to come and see your movie. Yeah. I mean, we can speculate all we want about what's going to happen in the next, you know, year, five years, ten years about new movies. I have to imagine they're going to make something. I mean, it would be really, really stupid not to. They got a new audience right now. Cash in on them. I don't know. I'm still holding out for a Nekomajin OVA. I think that would be the logical next step before a movie, but whatever. Anyone else have any other thoughts? Nope. Nope. I have no thoughts one way or the other on this particular <laughs> subject. <laughs> All right, next question then. Hey guys, this is Blastero from Park Ridge, Illinois, and also a regular member on your forum. And I had a couple of questions I was hoping you guys could answer. What were the musical differences between the Japanese and English version of Dragon Ball Z Sparking? I wasn't aware of these differences when I got the American version. And I'm considering getting the Japanese version as well. 
Thanks, guys. You're doing a great job on the podcast. See ya. The difference between the soundtrack for Sparking and its American counterpart, Budokai Tenkaichi, I'm sorry, I had to say it like that, is, uh, yeah, the music is different. The music in Sparking, the Japanese version of the game, is a slightly redone version of background music from the actual DBZ TV show. The music in the American version is recycled music from the three Budokai games. The common thought is just that since Funimation didn't use the original Japanese score for their DBZ dub, they weren't going to use this music in a video game for it. Now, we really don't know if this has anything to do with contractual issues with who gets to use the music and what capacity, but, you know, since their dub fans wouldn't be familiar with this music, but would be familiar with the Budokan music, I guess that's a logical you know, step for them to take. But, you know, I think a lot of the game's charm had to do with the original background music, and that's why I enjoyed it for however long I actually played it. Especially since the whole point of Sparking is to essentially play the show more yeah. so than um, the Budokai series. Definitely. So having that Japanese background music there for the game really puts you in a place where you feel like you're taking actions within the show. I mean, as much as I yelled and cursed at that game, it was with a smile on my face because I was hearing... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so I love it. All right, next question. Hey, everyone on the podcast. My name is Abare Killer, and I'm from Southern California. I know this may sound like a generic message board question, but who are your least favorite characters in the Dragon Ball universe? Well, thanks for your time. My least favorite character is... I don't know, Yajirobe? Well, I think he's kind of funny in Dragon Ball. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. But he's still kind of an asshole. Yeah. I don't know. That's my answer. Mary? I was going to say Yanchirubi or Oolong. Um, I might have to come back to this one. I'm sure there's someone I can think of that I dislike. Okay, Julian. I don't know, Puar, just because the author never really uses him after the first arc. All right, well, we can combine Mary's answer well, to Oolong with Puar. Yeah. Okay, well, he turns into some. He turns into like a garlic or something during the fight against the, what, Dracula Man during Uranai Baba's arc, but that's like the only useful thing he does in a long time. <laughs> And he doesn't really do anything useful after that, so... Oh, I thought there it was someone I don't like, too. Okay. I don't like number 19. Oh, that's true. I really think he's useless, and... But he put Dr. Garrow's brain in his new body. So? I don't like Dr. Garrow either. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there you have a double reason to hate 19. Yeah, see. <laughs> All right. So those are our on-the-spot least favorite characters. If you guys would like to send any audio questions, please feel free to do so. Record yourself talking, say who you are and where you are from, record your question, keep it around the 30-second mark, and you send it to my attention, Vegito EX. You can get the email and all that other contact information on the website. So other than the audio emails, we have a couple text emails that I want to get to this week as well. And I'm going to take the first one because it directly involves me. This comes from Jeff, who says, I was listening to your podcast for the week and heard you mention AFI. I just thought I'd say kudos for mentioning such a fine musical entity. I've been a longtime Dragon Ball and AFI fan. It was nice to hear the two mentioned in the same event. Yeah, man, rock on. I know there are some music fans out there i knew i'd be able to make a connection somewhere so jeff is my new best friend and that's really yeah. all i have to say on that subject <laughs> yeah who wants to take the next one i'll take it okay this next email comes to us from goten 88 gt will we see a u.s release for jump superstars i really like this game because son goku is in it i heard mike say that he was playing jump superstars on episode number 13 anyways i think it would be cool if we got the game released to the u.s it would be really cool. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Unless they release all of those uh, Shonen Jump titles in the U.S., Yeah, I don't see them doing it. They have some uh, pretty, I don't want to say obscure, but probably shows that won't have yeah. any attention here. There, there's some older yeah. stuff in there, and there's some newer stuff, and it's on like yeah. such different ends of the Shonen Jump spectrum that, I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, there's things like, I mean, iShield 21 is now coming out as a manga. Right. But cert- certain things it'll never get brought over, like Ichigo 100%, which is, I mean, it's pure cheesecake, and I don't think anybody would really buy it anyway, so. Yeah. Um, not that it needs to be there for people to enjoy the game, but I don't know. I just think that because some of it hinges on recognition of yeah, characters definitely. that it's not going to be able to make it over. But then again, there are Naruto, One Piece, and some form or another, and blah, 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 airing on American TV now, so who knows? Yeah, well, you know, this game is extremely text-intensive, and this would be a hell of a translation job, so I think it might be too much work for anyone to really put the effort into. So uh, get the Japanese version, it'll play in your system, and have fun! Next yes. email! This one comes from Shadow Silenter uh, slash Conan. He says, Hey, EX, I got a question for you, Mary and Julian. Who do you think got the most significant character development throughout the Dragon Ball anime trilogy? I personally personally feel it was Gohan. Anyhow, I hope to hear your answers. Um, so, who wants to go first? Um, I think I'll go with the stereotypical answer, which is Vegeta. Makes sense. Or Piccolo. No, you don't get to take two because I want one of them. Okay, take one of them. Okay, I'm going to take Piccolo. You take Vegeta. Okay, I'll take Vegeta. Okay, what about Vegeta? He has character development. <laughs> Thank <you. laughs> That's the subject. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> you have successfully answered this question. <laughs> yes. I win the quiz. He just goes from being such a badass to continuing to be a badass, but with a soft side for family and friends and Goku. Oh, it's so touching. Speaking of touching, I'm going to go with Piccolo. I Again, I don't get the segue. I thought it sounded great in my head. Piccolo. He, he He's the demon. He's the demon. He's Satan, in other words. Not Mr. Satan, but just Satan. He's the devil. And then he ends up being uh, Grandpa Piccolo that, you know, babysits everyone at the end of the series. And if there's any more of a turnaround for a character than that, I... I would have to pick them instead. So, Mary says Vegeta. I say Piccolo. Julian. I'd have to go with probably Piccolo, although Vegeta's a close second. You don't get to pick our answers. You have to pick someone different. But, 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 (laughs) but, but. but, uh... He's allowed to agree. All right. If you could think think of a third person, who would it be? I don't know. Tenshin Han has an interesting development, but it occurs early on. Yeah. And then he doesn't change much after that. So, yeah, that's true. Know, even though it's a big change, it's not as drastic. Ah, poor Tenshin Han getting kicked aside. All right. I guess our consensus is Vegeta and Piccolo. And no, I, I agree with the Gohan answer as well. I think he has well, some nice turnarounds in there. I guess you could say that Mr. Satan has an interesting character arc. Because even though he's still a showboating moron at the end of the series, he realizes that he's not matched. <laughs> at least he's, he's not like, stupid anymore. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I want to go he's, back he, and change my answer to the other question. Okay. Mr. Satan's my least favorite character. Okay. I really <laughs> hate him. Anyway. Aww. I'm sorry about that. Alright. Anything else on character development? No, that's, that's it. Okay. There actually is some in DBZ to all those naysayers out there. Yeah, screw you. There are characters. They develop and they get... Never mind. Next question comes from... <laughs> hey. <laughs> comes from Adam they Manchester. He wants to know what our favorite fights are in the show. Uh, let's go with Mary first on this one. My favorite fight, hands down, is Piccolo versus Junanago. Number 17. God damn it. That would be my answer. What? You always knew that was my favorite I know, fight. That's, that's why I wasn't sure about letting you go first, because I wanted to take that answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite fight because you can really feel those hits when they're slamming each other into the ground, and yeah. they do have key blasts and such, but I think it's also one of the more physical fights, especially yeah, in Dragon Ball Z. I know back in Dragon Ball, there's a lot of physical, you know, hand-to-hand combat, but that kind of starts... Uh, it's not really a focus as much in Dragon Ball Z, and I think with this fight in Dragon Ball Z, you get 
a little bit back to that old school kind of really slugfest going on right there. Go down the, the slugfest, Ken Ken. All right, Julian, you go next. I'd have to say that it's probably the fight between Goku and Vegeta. Which one? First time. Okay, that was going to be one of my answers, but I have a backup. Go ahead. But, I mean, because it's really like Goku stretching himself out to the limits. He's already been through what he thought was the fight of his life. Right. Going against Piccolo, like, six years earlier. And then he dies (laughs) fighting (laughs) against what turns out to be his brother. So And who isn't that strong, comparatively speaking. Yeah. So this is going beyond his limits. He's using the Kaioken to max out his body completely. He's using the Genkidama. He's using every single trick he can in order to win, and he still wins by a thread. And only because his friends are there to help him help him there too. Yeah. That that would definitely be my answer. But I have a backup and you kinda just hinted at it, and that is Goku versus Piccolo at the twenty third Tenkaichi Budokai. That fight is just that's a hardcore fight, man. There is blood, there is pain, there is explosions. Yes. I'm going to put a hole in your chest and then your arms and legs. I love (laughs) that scene so much when Piccolo's head just snaps up and he blasts that hole through Goku's chest and it goes into the slow motion. I mean Dragon Ball is not a gory show. This is pretty close to it, though. And what is he like? Does he step on his chest in that point? Or I think so. I, 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 I don't remember. Oh. I remember Goku's doing like the thumbs up smile, like this is the end of the fight. Yep. And then, and then no. boom. Oh, I love that fight. There, like Mary said, there's a lot of physical um, hand-to-hand combat going on early then, and um, I think this is at a great in-between period when they're actually hitting each other in the face, but they're also blasting each other too. So that's my answer. Let's go on to the last question for the week, and this is not one about just what our favorite stuff is. So I'm going to go ahead and take this. This is from the Lecherous Nuten Roshi. And you know what? I'm going to read this in the Dub Roshi voice because I think that'd be really fun. Oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> the first thing I would like to mention is Funimation's Ultimate Uncut Special Editions. It seems like you rag on them quite a bit. And even though I respect your opinions, I must say that I don't feel as negatively towards them. I'm actually praising Funimation for finally releasing these early episodes on Uncut DVD. I have them all so far. One thing it seems like you mentioned is the loose usage of the term uncut. I admit, I am fairly disheartened by the music and dialogue changes, but these DVDs include the Japanese version, which is about as uncut as you can possibly get. Do we really rag on them? Well, I I thought they were a good thing. (laughs) I don't dislike them. I think they're great. Yeah, what we rag on is their stupid changes in the English dub version, which is irrelevant because we don't watch it anyways. Right, like you said, it does include the Japanese version, <laughs> and it is as uncut as you get. So yeah, we like them for what they give us as fans of right. the Japanese version, so uh, I don't got a problem with it in that respect. Yeah, I think one of the things we ragged on was their um, quasi-not-Japanese used on their packaging and trailers and stuff that was like, Yono Hono Maka Muka Muka Luka Luka. Which means Vegeta. <laughs> no, which means this is the way it was meant to be seen. And then Vegeta was like, Waka Waka Baka I don't, I don't remember what they were. <laughs> it was something similar, though. <laughs> So, yeah, we're not watching the dub anyways, but we're going to rag on it because it's the cool thing to do and it makes us the, the most popular kids at school. What <laughs> <laughs> school? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love it. Japanese version's on there. The Spanish dub is on there. So we love them for, like Mary said, what they are and what they've given us. We just uh, don't care about the dub and we'll make fun of it all we want because it's fun for me. Okay. Wow, I feel like we're going back like eight years. We're reverting. <laughs> no, but, but Vegito EX isn't yelling at the dub so I fucking hate the dub 
That's more like it. <laughs> there we go. That's the E X A U C. But no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that is the wow. end of our email. So, again, audio emails we talked about earlier. Text emails, you can send them to my attention, Fujito EX. You can get the uh-huh. contact information on the website. And what is the website? The website is Daizenshu EX, www.daizex.com. There you will find our contact information, our forum, our chat, and, yes, an entire website full of information and things to check out, believe it or not. Well, for my final thought, (laughs) it doesn't matter how many fights these people get into. Deep down, we're all weird. (laughs) That that didn't go anywhere. I I tried for the Jerry Springer angle, but I haven't seen that show in years, and I never watched it anyway because it was dumb. Um, uh, (laughs) No, no, no. no. You lose, you lose. Next, Mary. Final thoughts? No, just whatever. Just whatever? Yeah, just whatever. What do you got? How about your website? I think I might update it. Because oh Mike's pointing a gun to my head and saying, update. <laughs> no, that's not the case. He nope. said he'd help me out with the new music section, and I will do so. Yay. Because I love you, my faithful non-audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Temple of Trunks is, I just said it. It's at templeotrunks.com. <laughs> Could you spell that out for us? No. T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. Thank you. That was fast. Yay. All right. Now that we're thoroughly retarded and caffeinified, I think it's a good time to end the episode. Such is true. Yes. Yes. All right. So that concludes episode 14 of Daizenshu EX, the podcast. We will be back next week with episode 15. Julian, will you be around next week? I never know until we're recording the podcast. Um, I think I will be. Okay, cool. So I will plan something accordingly. And now it's time for me to edit. So I guess we will finish up. Thank you, everyone, for checking out Daizenshu EX, the podcast. We shall see you next week. Janamina! Daizenshu EX, podcast. Jikai made o tanishini!